Hello everybody, I'm Jason Trader. I am the Prince of Wessex, and with me as always is the fabulous Millie T. And Hello. this is the Art of Being the Podcast. Huzzah! Caught up to meet him. Is that how it goes? Can't, Can't wait, wait to see him when he cracks the sky. Wait, wait, what, what note are you going to? <laughs> I lost it. We lost it. Can't wait to hold him. <laughs> anyway, today. By his touch. Oh, we're still going. Ah, it's a good song, man. It is a Kirk good song. wrote a great song. He did. And he dared. Him and the Holy Ghost dared have Pastor Shirley Caesar come and sing that song. It's beautiful. And it has a lot to do with our subject that we're talking about today. We hope that you all have had a wonderful day, night, weekend, or holiday. We're going to talk to you a bit about... That song is actually called, what is it, Caught Up? Yeah. By Kirk Franklin from his uh, Rebirth album. The Raptuo <laughs> in the Vulgate. That's where we get the word rapture. It comes from the Latin Vulgate. Everyone will say the word rapture is not in the Bible. It's not. But in the Latin, in the Latin Vulgate, uh, they use the red word Raptuo, but all of our translations use the word Harpazo. And it means the same thing. It means being caught up. But today we're going to talk a little bit about what it is to be caught up uh there has been uh teachings about a rapture uh you might have seen like the left behind series Mm -hmm. things like that the books the movies yeah and in almost any christian movie yeah and a lot of christian movies because the western church has this belief of the harpazo the rapture they get most languages that harpazo it's greek i knew that yeah. Okay. And then Raptuo was, like I said, the Latin Vulgate, which is mm. just a translation of the Greek. So, mm. um, but um, we believe that uh, there are some misconceptions about this moment, about this being caught up. Uh, a lot of them have been perpetrated by, or perpetrated, perpetuated, perpetuated. I'm still stuck on we believe. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Some scriptures have come to light. <laughs> Some scriptures anyway, have come to rapture. light. That the rapture, as we know it, which is, uh, you know, me and an unbeliever walking down a street and I just disappear and my clothes are neatly folded on the ground <laughs> and the sinner is left to deal with the failing world that is left behind. Uh, as they should. I'm sorry. <laughs> and they deserve to pay. <laughs> I hope everyone that's ever in insurance ever doesn't get caught up. Not a single insurance person is allowed in my rapture. Well, you're not God. <laughs> but yeah, we will all be surprised if we see any insurance folks. What? And not heaven is what you're basically trying to say. There is no actual rapture where we're... So, the teachings of the rapture, um, I want to start first by, by again saying that there's some misconceptions... So we have to be a little open-minded, and and I, I challenge you to test me, but we're going to show some scriptures here that are showing what actually happens. So the current Western understanding is caught up, taken to heaven, hid away in heaven for seven mm-hmm. years during the tribulation, come back for the millennial reign, bang, bang, boom. That's the current. Pretty much, like this beam of gist. light takes us up in the heaven. That's right. Beam me up, Scotty. zapped in the heaven, because I've always pictured what it would be like to... Be in that moment to come up. So yeah, we've yeah. always but been there's there's that. there's misconceptions, uh, and we'll show some some scriptures to talk about it. The first thing that got me researching this this is the this is what got me researching it, like 
the Bible did because uh, I went to a uh, pastor and he met, he preached on Ezekiel 20, which I'll get to. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. So what I did is I said, let me research the when the rapture was first taught, its earliest writings, what did church history think about it, and here's what I came up with. And it made me worried. It made me like, wait a minute. Uh, this is weird. So the first... The, and this, Not just this is weird. What have we been teaching for the past hundred years? Hundred years. If the word rapture is not in the Bible, which that's what you're saying. It's not. Again, there. we can't say we. I haven't. I. I, I don't know. Um, but if it's not in the Bible, this should be cause for alarm for everyone who believes in a rapture. For everyone who believes that Jesus is going to come and take us to heaven, and all our troubles will be over. We might need to listen up and pay attention right now. So, yeah, and the Bible tells us to watch. So this is how you're going to watch. Because if you're the reason I'm doing this, and I'll give you my whole point, is if we're supposed to watch and know that when Yeshua returns, that that's the dude, we're not tricked by the Antichrist because we see everything happening. But if we have a false idea of what it looks like when it doesn't happen the way we thought, we're going to be confused and might be tricked by the enemy. So the point I'm trying to bring yeah. here is more clarity to what actually is going to happen when Yeshua returns so that we can well, be more prepared for it. Let's not talk about that and go into Ezekiel 20 and everything. Let's start from the beginning. Who came up with the word rapture first? Let's so, talk about 1687. What so in 1687, in uh, Peter, how do you say that? Jeru? J-U. R-I-E-U. It's a cool name. Cool so, looking name. So Pete here, Peter, he wrote a book called Approaching the Deliverance of the Church, and some will say... Hold on, it says 1687. That in 1687, some will say that that's the first writing of a rapture caught up as we understand it today. That's like... And then there's another guy named Philip uh, Doddridge who wrote a New, Com New Testament commentary in 1738, and others will point to him. Uh, him now, for what? For also saying that, like, look, he's mentioning people being caught up. Like, he's mentioning a, a capturing away in his writings. So that there might have been an understanding of it. But these are, like, the first places. So it, you have not read either one of these books? I have read. I have read the parts where they talk about. Okay, so you, you read the back flap about. I read the back flap. <laughs> about. Yeah. About. The subject of these two books right. from Peter and they kind of talk about like Philip. a gathering more than they do a rapture. Okay. But people rapture proponents that like to go to early church history, right. uh, you know, a lot of people like to say, "Well, early church people preached." Well, a lot of them will point to these two gentlemen. Mm -hmm. The one guy that they love to point to is a guy called Ephraim of Syria in 300 A.D. And they love yeah, to say, him. yeah, they love to say that this guy preached the rapture. But I, again, I read his stuff. It talks about a gathering and a, and a catching away in his writings. Okay. But it doesn't say rapture to like, we're taken to heaven and some people are left behind and some stay. Okay. And furthermore, Ephraim of Syria, later in his writings, I noticed that he started talking about saints being persecuted during the tribulation. Interesting. So if he thought that we were here during the tribulation, we were not caught up in his mind. Right. So the verses people like to point to that say, look, that's him talking about the rapture. No, that's him talking about a gathering. He believed that that saints get persecuted during the tribulation. And his is um, 303 AD. Oh, he lived 303 AD to 373. Yeah, and that's like when his writings... Uh, so that's earlier writings than Philip yeah. Giroux and Philip Doddridge's 
God. They they are yeah, and and rapture proponents, people that believe in the Western form of rapture, point to these three people and say, "See, early church did believe it." But I'm telling you, if you go read it for yourself, you can find the right. I just found it online. Like I just googled it and found their stuff. So uh, you can find their stuff online, and when you read it, it it's not clear that that's what they're saying. That they're saying someone was taken to heaven, someone was left behind. And then a tribulation began like that. They don't say that at all. They talk about gatherings. They talk about bringing together. And I believe that the Bible talks about that too. Right. But not going up to heaven. But not being raptured up to heaven. So let's talk about John Darby. So John Darby, this is where 100% the first teachings of the rapture happen. Mm -hmm. This is why I got concerned and started researching the rapture. Because when I saw... That in 1826, mm, what a time. we started seeing the first writings of the rapture. I'm like, wait a minute. We've only been preaching this for like 100 years? Like, Ugh. wait a minute. Like, yeah. why why hasn't this been in write, writing for 2,000 years? Like, that's interesting to me that I can't find like Justin Martyr or those early church fathers writing about this. I find the first writing I find about it is in 1826. Don't say writing about it. About the rapture. About being raptured into heaven. That's right. Or, specifically. Or specifically, two people there, the good person gets taken to heaven and the bad person stays behind. Like right. a secret rapture. Like right. like the movie Left Behind. That's That would be what I believe is the majority of the Western church believes. And the reason so many people believe it, John Darby was a friend with a little dude with the last name of Moody. Mr. Moody created the Bible College. And his Bible college was a prominent Bible college at that time. So pastors were coming and being trained about the secret rapture and then going out into their churches and saying, hey, guys, look what I learned well, in college. what is Moody's problem? Why would he be teaching John Darby's uh, rapture into heaven teachings if it doesn't have it in the Bible that there's an actual rapture to they, heaven? So they probably didn't weren't being very thorough. Well, they point. And now everyone in the church is teaching there's a that's rapture right. into heaven. John Darby got the that's idea cool. because of a young girl, like 15, 16. He was at a revival in the UK where he's from. And she had a dream that she was taken to heaven to be protected from the rapture. That's what caused John Darby to start preaching it. Mm. Was the dream. It was this dream of this girl. Supposed dream. Yeah. Well, who knows? But they point to, and I'll start my teaching with this verse, because I know that I'm saying, hey, the Left Behind movies aren't accurate. And we need to rethink what the rapture looks like. And I know that your ver- your mind as a Christian and as a Western thinker, is going to 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through 17. Which says, I know that's where your mind's going, so I'm well, going to start right there. Okay, go ahead. Now, go ahead. I'm a Christian. My mind didn't go there. My mind went like, what do you mean there's no rapture? We've always been taught that there's a rapture to heaven. So anyway, let's um, see what we, some people who know the scripture a little bit more would be thinking specifically. Yes. 1 Thessalonians. And we're going to read that uh, chapter 4, verses 15 through 17. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. 
Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we, excuse me, and so we shall always be with the Lord. So that is the go-to verse. Well, it says it right there. It says we'll be caught up in the clouds. Caught up in the clouds. So to us, if we've always been told we're going to go to heaven, we're thinking clouds in heaven. But you're saying there's several different meanings for the the world, air, Yeah, in the Greek Hebrew philosophy, there are three types of heavens. There's heaven as in where birds fly. There's heavens as in where the stars are. And then there's heaven as in heaven, heaven where God sits. This is like when the disciples, who was it? Paul was like, and I was caught up in the third heaven. I don't know if it was physical or a dream. I was in the third heaven. The reason he said third heaven is because he was saying I w- it was heaven, heaven. He was distinguishing the difference mm-hmm. between the, the clouds, the stars, and the heaven. I went to the third one. Right. right. So that's how that's where you see it, yeah, this yeah. this come. When you look at the word here used where we're caught up to, it's it's Air, it's A-E-R, this is the Greek word used, which Mm -hmm. is the sword air, Mm -hmm. which is the atmosphere. Mm. It's what we breathe. It's, this is the air. So when it says he's coming and we'll be caught up in the air, it just means we're The literal air. The literal air. Where the birds are. Yeah. Not heaven. And, yes. So we're going to be floating in the air for a little bit. Well, he's coming on a horse, and it talks about he's coming with the saints. So he's going to take us to- Well, he's coming on a horse and cloud. And yeah. we're going to be caught up into that cloud. Yeah. And then come back with him. That's where. Uh, back with him. That's where we're getting a little deeper. Okay. So if we're not going to heaven, then where are we going? Now, I don't know if I'm jumping ju- ahead. You're jumping again. You're jumping well, again. Well, you know, I mean, this is very big for people who well, haven't heard this. Spoiler before. alert Ezekiel 20, which we'll get to, says that we'll be gathered into the wilderness and judged. It's in Ezekiel 20. We'll get there. But before we get there, there's some other verses that I want to highlight and bring point to because I want to reteach your thinking on the rapture. So I would like to go to some key verses mm-hmm. that people like to point to, say, see, we're in heaven. We're caught up into heaven. And let's discuss these verses and see what they really say. So uh, Matthew 24, 29 through 31 is often used uh, because... It matches what happens in First Thessalonians four. It it mm. it like it mirrors, and it says mm-hmm. the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Mm-hmm. The stars will fall from the sky. Pretty Heavenly nice. bodies will be shaken, yep. and that time, <laughs> and that time, the Son of Man will appear in the sky, mm-hmm. same as Thessalonians, of the right? Sky, yep. But again, sky, not heaven. Right, the air. Right. Okay. Yeah, it's the sky. Hang and on. all the nations and earth will mourn. So that means every single person on earth is going to see him return. And no when one Yeshua will be comes happy. back, everyone's going to no see him. No one will be happy. Not even you, Christian. No. You're going to be like, oh, Time's snap. Time's up. Oh, gosh. Here we go. Hold on. Does anyone need preaching really quick? <laughs> you got a couple seconds. I don't know. Uh, all right. Anyway. So I don't know th- what we'll be thinking Then they will see one. the man coming on a cloud of the sky with power and great glory. Oh, my. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather, so the angels gather the elect. The physical and or angels will physically be ga- yeah, gathering. Gathering his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other. So again, it's the same thing. We see one them. One end of the sky to right. the other. So all over the sky, everything that falls under the sky of the earth, mm-hmm. we will. the angels is going to ga- yeah. gather us yeah. when he returns. 
You see it in Thessalonians 4. You see it here in Matthew 24. There's a loud trumpet, a bunch of glory, a cloud, and we go, we're going to him. Basically, think of it as back in the day when a town was at war, like an ancient city. The king and the army would go out to fight the war. Well, nobody in the town really knew what was happening. So they would just hear a knock on the door and like, look, and like, oh, it's, it's the king. It's, it's us. On, yeah. So they would blow the trumpet. They would sound the alarm and the people would gather. And we've seen this in movies. Like they're gathered as the king's coming through the streets and they're cheering him and clapping for him because they're safe. Their Yay. king went out and fought for them. That's what's happening. The king is returning in glory and yeah. his people are meeting him to say, congratulations. Yes. Well, hallelujah, specifically glory in the scripture it says, then you will know I'm God. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, so, so that's the scene I want to paint. Not this thing where people are disappearing with neatly folded clouds and a beam of light, but a man well, who's you, coming to you, gather you us you in the cloud. You will be caught up. So the dead go first, and then and then the elect. We get caught up in the clouds, and they take us. And what happens? They take us. There's a great earthquake, but, and we're gathered. Yes, there's a giant earthquake in the Bible when Jesus comes and back. And then Ezekiel they 20. It's like the biggest earthquake ever. And then Ezekiel 20, and some parables later tells us that we will be gathered, judged, sorted. Basically, the news we're trying to say is we don't go to heaven first. Or at all. Nowhere in Thessalonians. Thessalonians is the only verse that speaks of a catching up. Everything else just says gathered. Yeah. Caught up is only used in Thessalonians. All the other verses, and you saw in Matthew 24, it it says gathered, and, and we'll see it again later on here. So... We're meeting a king, and we're coming with... He's coming in all his glory right, and power. We're meeting him. He's our, we follow Jesus. So he's going to say, okay, those who he gathers f- his. follow me, angels, you go get them. We got a meeting over here. Now, I want us to just jump to the meeting because, you know, and I'm not 100% on this. This is something that we all have to go back and read and learn for ourselves. I'm, we just read the scripture where we don't get go go to heaven. We just and to me, no matter one what end of the heavens to the other. That's right, and no matter what you think we're saying, and if you don't like the verses we're saying, the reason you should be alarmed is that the first time the rapture starts being taught is eighteen twenty six. That's a long time separated from Yeshua, and it's not in the Bible. That's the biggest right, and the verse they use, which is Thessalonians four, saying, "See." We're caught up. Well, it doesn't say we're caught up to heaven. It says we're we're, we're gathered. gathered to the God in his glory. All right. So why are we gathered? What's going on? Come on. So we're gathered because he's returning. All he's right. He's returning. So, so people love to point to those those verses. So um, here's another verse that I would like to highlight because it is often also very much so used to describe the caught up portion of the Western church. Caught up to heaven. That's right. So in Revelations 4 and 1, and it says, After this I look, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which I had heard speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. And people will point out, and they'll say, You see, look, John, who's having this dream in Revelations. John this, went to heaven. They this told vision. him to call him. Yeah, they, right. They said, come up here. And so they're saying that is him also saying, come up here to the church. But that's not what it says. Literally, it's an angel saying, hey, John down there, come up here. I want to show you yeah, something. Yeah, he was calling John specifically because th- that's who it was being told right. to or, or for who it was. 
the conversation needed. That's to who the conversation yeah. is too. I'm speaking to John. Right. And then a couple of verses later in Revelations four and four, it's it talks about the twenty four elders, and it says around the throne there were twenty four elders seated on the throne were twenty four elders clothed with white garments mm-hmm. and golden crowns on their heads. Mm-hmm. So everyone will say, look, John was caught up in Revelations four and one, and then all of a sudden we see twenty four elders. That's the church. But does those verses say that? And the answer is no. It doesn't say that that's the church. It doesn't say. It says, John, come up here, and there's 24 elders here. And when he gets there, he's like, and I looked, and I saw 24 dudes. It -hmm. doesn't say that those 24 dudes are the church. As a matter of fact, anyone who says, I know who those 24 dudes are, is making it up. Because the Bible does not tell us who the 24 elders are. It no, literally it doesn't. doesn't say. It doesn't it's, say. It's one of the mysterious parts it is. in uh, it is. Revelation. But it, the point is, it ain't you and I. Well, <laughs> as far as well, all I, of us. I don't know being... who it is, but people will say that's the church. Listen, but the Bible I'm verse be clear, does I don't not know say. who or what it is. Yes. I just know. That I don't know either. It's not like, we, we can't even say that it's not us. It's just not a good example. And if it is us, why isn't there more? Only 24 right, exactly. people make it? Why is it's what we're saying is not a it's not a good example to say that we're all going to be in heaven. But everyone loves to point to it cuz they'll say John was see, come up here and then he comes up here and then there's 24 elders. Means... The 24 elders are the church. And so they'll say that come up here is the rapture and then the 24 elders is the proof that the church is in heaven. Again, that's literally not what that verse says. Look at it literally, people. Don't look at it and say, I can see 24 people there. That's the church. No, no, no. I'm saying, what does the verse literally say? The verse literally says, there's 24 dudes wearing white with gold crowns. That's what it literally says. It doesn't tell us who those people are. So to say that that's the church in heaven after the rapture not is conjecture. A, a, it's, yeah, it's yeah. I, I'm just guessing yeah. what it is. And we should be troubled of a teaching that, that's been te- taught only 100 years and uses verses that you need conjecture to understand, and it doesn't literally say what you said it says. So there's cause for alarm, and there's cause for study. Do your own uh, study with yes. these with these verses here. Yes. And you know, people will talk about uh, Revelations 19 and 14, where the army it says, and when when Yeshua comes, he's coming with with the armies of heaven, and mm-hmm. they'll say, see, that's the church coming back with him. So we had to be in heaven first. No, no, no. He comes in the clouds. With his army, we're caught up to meet him. We're his army, and all the angels and all of heaven is coming with him, but it's it's here in this air. Yeah, that's something definitely to study because I've heard, you know, I got to figure out where the hundred forty four thousand fit in in that as far as um, everything, you know, because they're supposed to be like an army. It's anyway. So research your own. Jesus coming with his army, but, um, cause I have heard something about like, yeah, exactly. people up in heaven saying, Lord, when will you go and avenge us? Yeah. And it says, look at, look at Zechariah 14 and five. It says Yeshua's coming. He's going to be with the holy ones. It says, so he's going to yeah. be with us. Like, so it's not a surprise that he's with us. It doesn't mean we're sitting in heaven for the past seven years waiting to come. It right. means we're caught up into the air A-E-R in Greek, air, the atmosphere, the air that we breathe, we're Mm -hmm. caught up into that in a cloud of glory. And you don't see clouds in the Bible. And like cloud is very few 
references True. to actual literal cloud. Yeah, you hear but about you stars, you hear about the moon, right. even. <laughs> the times you hear about cloud, it's usually a cloud of glory. A holy ghost, yeah, the spirit. Right, yeah. like a cloud that, that Israel followed in the desert, or yeah. a cloud that his train filled the temple in a cloud. So the cloud is the glory of Yeshua. We're caught up into the glory of Yeshua, right? And that is what, what happens. And now we can get into the meat of when Yeshua returns. What will happen? What will actually happen? Go ahead and hit, hit us with Ezekiel 20, starting at verse 33 through 38. Okay. So when Jesus returns, let's see. Okay. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm and with wrath poured out, I will be king over you. I will bring you out from the peoples and gather you out of the countries where you were scattered with a mighty hand and outstretched arm and with wrath poured out. And I will bring you into the wilderness of the peoples and there I will enter into judgment with you face to we face. We will see Yeshua face to face, y'all. Talk about that scary moment. That's pretty horrific. As I entered into judgment with your father. Face to face judgment. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. I'm getting hyped. Okay. As I entered into judgment with your fathers in the wilderness of the land of Egypt, so I will enter into judgment with you, declares the Lord now God. Now pay attention to this part. I will make you pass under a rod and I will bring you into the bond of the covenant. I will purge out the rebels from among you and those who transgress against me. I will bring them out of the land where they sojourn, but they shall not enter the land of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. Then you will know that I am Yahuwah. So basically, if you see what happens there, where does it say that they're taken? It's in verse 35. It says, I will bring you where? Ezekiel 20, verse 35. I will bring you into the wilderness. wilderness. So you're not taken to heaven to go sit it out. You're taken into the wilderness. And some are kept and protected and some are not. And if you want to know if you're one of those people that gets protected, so you shall not enter the land of Israel. Who is that? But it's the one who transgressed the Lord. The tra those who transgress the Lord are not going to get to enter the land. Those who remain in the Lord, and that's a whole study of what it is to remain in the Lord. Yeah, that's a good you know, study. Yeah. Uh, that, that's for a different day because right now we're talking about the rapture. But you should know and you should be scared, Christian, because it says he's going to bring you to the wilderness to judge you. He's taking you to judge you, and some of us ain't going to make the cut. That is what happens when Yeshua returns. Not, not I, said, I said the sinner's prayer, so I'm good. I don't ever have to do anything for the rest of my life, and I'll just be taken to heaven and sit it out for seven years, and then I'll come back for the millennial reign. No, no, no. You're going to be taken into the wilderness by Yeshua. When he returns, you will pass under the rod and be judged, and some will be kept and some will not. Now, uh, Yeshua tells us, uh, this is his his story here in Matthew twenty five thirty one through forty six. You want to read that or should I? Um, yes. Yeah, so you're saying this kind of mirrors. This mirrors it. This is going to give us more clarification, and this is from Yeshua's teachings of what happens when Yeshua when he returns. returns. Yeah. When the Son of Man, oh excuse me, Matthew twenty five verse thirty one through forty six. 
When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for your the foundation of the world for I was hungry and you gave me food I was thirsty and you gave me drink I was a stranger and you welcomed me I was naked and you clothed me I was sick and you visited me I was in prison and you came to me then the righteous will answer him saying Lord when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink and when did we see you as a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothed you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. Now, this part right here is the scariest verse in the entire Bible. Go ahead. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepare for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me, naked and you did not clothe me, sick in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick in prison and did not minister to you? Then he answered them saying, truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So again, the theme we see here is a gathering, a judgment, and a sorting, right? He brings the people to the wilderness in Ezekiel. Matthew doesn't say where we go. It just talks, I'm going to bring you to me. And he keeps some and he casts out others. You know, and, and uh, we've all heard the, the verses, right? So to highlight this point again, so 1 Corinthians 15 and 21, for it says, as, death, as, as by a man came death... By a man has also the resurrection of the dead. So, uh, has come also the resurrection of the dead. And again, we see in 1 Corinthians 14 and 52, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. So again, we see resurrection. Yeshua is here. He brings eternal life. He brings resurrection. So those who believe in him have eternal life. They have resurrection and that's what he's coming to do. He's coming to raise us back up, to bring us back to life right. and, and to judge us and to sort us. And it needs to be brought up because you, I am, I'm scared to death because it says some people say, Lord, Lord, that means they know who this dude is who returns. They look at Yeshua. I know who you are. I know what's happening. Lord, Lord, you're my Lord. And he says, no, I'm not. You don't know me. Get out my face. Because you didn't do what I told you to makes do. Makes me want to revisit charity work. Yeah, definitely. It makes me want to re revisit like everything. Because I don't want to be looking at that dude face to face. 
and him judging me and calling my stuff out, I want to hear, well done. You know what I mean? Um, this is why we do encourage, there's so much uh, in the Bible on many subjects that we want you all to make sure that you go to these scriptures and study for yourself and pray on it also yourself. Yeah, and I'm going to give you a couple verses that I want you guys to look up yourself. And uh, this is Matthew 13, 24 through 29. Mm-hmm. It talks about gathering the wheat and the tares. Mm-hmm. And then I also want you to look at Matt, Matthew well, 13, says, uh, 47 through 49, which is about a, a fisherman. And each of these, Yeshua tells us, and, and you'll see when you read those for yourself. So Matthew 13 uh, is what you should read. And I'm specifically talking about uh, the wheat and tares parable, which is 24 through 49 verses, and then 47 through 49 fish. Uh, Yeshua will tell you, this is what it's going to look like when I return. Mm -hmm. And you're going to read that for yourself and study it. But basically what you're going to see is the same thing. You see a gathering Mm -hmm. and a sorting. Sort the wheat from the tares. Yeah, and the good fish from the bad fish. Burn the tares. So when Yeshua returns, he's gathering his people. Not necessarily beaming us up to heaven, but we're being his children, Israel. Those grafted in. Those grafted in. That's why he says in, what is it, Ezekiel or Matthew, that he says, just like I judged your family and fathers in uh, after, you know, we left Egypt in the desert of Egypt or whatever. Yep. I'm going to now judge you. He's talking to Israel. Right. And, and, And those grafted in, those who believe in him, those who call Jesus Lord. That's right. And that's who's going to be. I will. And sorted. I will pay. A million dollars. Well, I don't have a million dollars. I got ten. No, you don't. But I will pay ten dollars to anyone who can show me a verse that says we're taken to heaven. You can't do it. I, I, I mean, you can't do it. You see verses that were taken, but Ezekiel twenty is what gives us the guidance, and it says we're taken into the wilderness. So a lot of people would wonder, uh, where then? Where are we? What what happens? What happened? Where are we during where, this the tribulation wilderness period? Wilderness is what Israel. We're taken to the wilderness just like the children of Israel, which mm-hmm. is outside of Israel. It's that place mm-hmm. where they were wandering yeah, for 40 yeah, years. Yeah. That's where we're going to be judged. Sweet. And then he says, but those who are wicked, you can't come into the land. You can't go to Israel. Right. Wow. So the sheep come with me to Israel. The goats get put away. Which is pretty. So from what I'm taking from all of this, because I don't care as long as I get to be with the Savior. Do you mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't care if you beaming me up to heaven or i don't care if you're beaming me to the wilderness as long as i'm with jesus now as long as i'm with jesus even after he separates because he's gathering all those who call him lord but those who ain't really been doing what they're supposed to have been doing taking care of his people loving and feeding the hungry and visiting the strangers and the sick he's gonna say good luck out there What he says is, is what Yeshua says in his teachings is he says, depart from me, anomia. Anomia is the Greek word that he uses, and the anomia means without law. He says, depart from me, those without law. Mm. That's why I believe you have to follow the Torah. The Bible tells us in 1 John that the transgression of the law is sin. But yet we think that we don't have to follow the law. Mm. Well, then when Yeshua returns, why is he saying, depart from me, those who don't know the law? He wants his people to know the law. That's why he wants I want you to know my law. I want you to follow the Torah and I want you to come with me. I'm not going to just take you to heaven and let you sit this one out. 
I'm here to judge. Well, here's another thing that we also should focus on talking about. Depart from me, those who who are are without the law. We should focus on the fact that when Jesus does return and chills here on the earth, he will reestablish the law. You know, he will. That's, He's that's bringing back to, the law. That's to something the, as believers we should kind of look during at. the Is millennial reign for that. Like, uh, I didn't during, write it down for this teaching because well, it was rapture. To, d- d- during, but look it up. Yeah, during the millennial reign, it specifically says that he will do uh, the Feast of Tabernacles with mm-hmm, us again. Mm-hmm. It specifically says that if you don't celebrate the feasts, mm-hmm. that it will not rain. And I think that's in Zechariah. Mm. Um, so we find that those people that don't follow the law, Yeshua's like, it's not going to rain and you guys are just going to starve to death. Like, you're going to have to listen. And everybody will listen and follow the law because... Uh, so the law is important. So anybody, it was important back then. It's important right. in the future. So it's important now. If, if exactly, if if and you guys know God, like if He says it's important, if He put it out there, then it's important. And for the fact that when Jesus comes back, we're gonna go back into the same law keeping things. There won't be any bacon while we're out there in the wilderness at all because we're gonna be under the law. We're going to go under what God finds as the way to live. Yeah. And if yeah. you don't believe me, just listen to what Yeshua told John in Revelations 14 and 12 when he said, Here is a call for the endurance of the saints, those who keep the commandments of God and their faith in Jesus. So mm-hmm. if you keep the commandments of Elohim, mm-hmm. which is the Torah, the first five mm-hmm. books of the Bible, and believe in Yeshua, because we're saved by grace through faith. So you have to believe in him. That's mm-hmm. the first requirement. Second requirement is keep the commandments. Those are the ones that are that endure mm-hmm. and are talked. Those are the ones yes. are mentioned as the saints who endured. Yeah. The saints who endured are the saints that kept the commandments and believed in Yeshua. Not right. just the ones who believed, but the ones who kept and believed are the saints that yeah. endure. That's in Revelation 14. And we also have to remember that the commandments are the is the law in, found in the first, what, five books of the Bible, is it? That's right. Or yeah, De- yeah. Deuteronomy, whatever. Deuteronomy is the one that's... Yeah. Got the most. Not only the, keeping that law, but anything that God commands of you to do. If he commands you to go ask for forgiveness of someone, that's a commandment of God. You need to make sure that's you right. do that before Jesus comes back. If he tells you to go be nice to your neighbor and you're like, I don't feel like going and talking to him today, that's something he, he commanded you to do. Judge you for that. You're going to get gonna, judged yeah, for so what you were told to do. Anything that you can run over your spirit or your heart right now to to say, what did God ask me to do? Because his... His command, man, God's word is, he's serious about what he says. He's not playing around. He's so serious about what he says. He's not playing around. So if he told you to go do something, that includes a commandment of God. And those are going to be the ones who, well, like it says in the scripture, are going to be the ones who's called and with him. Those who kept the commandments, who endured and have faith in Yeshua. Yeah, so um, we just want you guys to not only understand that it's a requirement to keep the commandments, that it's a requirement to do what God told you to mm-hmm. do, which whatever that may be, it's mm-hmm. it could be different. Yeah. Every person's dealt with differently by the by the Spirit, um, but that you should rethink what it's going to look like when He comes. Yeah, and it's not yeah. going to look like oh, I get to go to heaven and play and on a harp forever. in a cloud and yeah. chill for seven That'd years until great. the millennial reign. It's mm-hmm. not going to be that. He, Unfortunately, he's not. coming. Yeah. He's going to judge us first. Yeah, and then there's a second judgment, the white throne judgment, which is a study for another day. But that's where every person who ever lived was judged. But he comes, to, he judges Israel first. We find that in the Old Testament yeah. through the prophets. Yeah. He judged Israel first. Yeah. 
once you receive Yeshua, yeah. you are grafted in. Yeah. If you think that you're different, Israel's different than the church, do you know who you have to thank for that? John Darby, the same person who brought us the rapture, brought mm -hmm. us dispensationalism, which which is a teaching that Israel and the church are two separate entities. It is not the case. It wasn't taught until the 1830s. Uh, the church oh. always looked at themselves as Israelites. Yeah, you have it to. It did not change yeah. until like hundreds of years after yeah. Uh, 300 years after you start getting, um, what, who is it? Uh, Pope Damascus, the first Pope oh, who gosh. starts teaching different things. You start getting Constantine coming in there and then you start to see things start to separate. But before then all the writings, we all it was know not, so. that Israel messed up back in the day. They messed up. God cursed them and scattered them and, and basically said, you know what? Anybody who follows my laws and believes can be saved. Okay. Right. So, and Israel, I will save some of you guys, okay? That's right. Because so, I made a covenant with you. Some of you will make it. But those who believe and they're not, of, you know, the blood of Israel, you know, birth from a tribe, you will be grafted in. That's I don't, right. That's not up for discussion. It's not. It's, it's, it's clear in the Bible. And I believe, and uh, that's all the, all the verses I have for you here. Uh, and I believe that if you read those, remember Matthew 13 was your own study, the wheat and the tares and the fish. Uh, that's something you can take home with you. But remember, what we're talking about here is not a secret rapture. It's not a caught up to heaven and, and one person stays and one yeah. person goes. That does happen, yeah. but in, in not in the way that you think. We're taken right. into the wilderness and we're judged for our actions. Right. And then I must so say, get your acts right because yeah. he's coming to judge you. And I must say, believers, it really would be amazing if we were caught up to go to heaven and Oh my gosh, we're in heaven. Let's chill. Let's walk the streets of gold and just pop some the best grapes in our mouth that we ever tasted ever and walk on this freshest, greenest grass we ever seen. That would be great. But Jesus wants to show the earth how we're supposed to live. That's why he does a millennial reign on earth to show. Well, I'm not saying this is why, but I. Oh, no, that's right. It's good. On earth. We're going to, in the wilderness, we're going, or in Israel, excuse me, we're going to be right there with Jesus. Your tent might be camped right next to his, you know. Well, if you've never celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles, it's a week of camping. And that's the one it specifically Already, mentions Yeshua yeah. will do. Right. So yeah, it's a I, camping at Jerusalem. It's a pilgrimage feast. Yeah. So and we're now, all but, well, now, though, maybe we'll talk about next, well, where do the streets of gold come from? And, and when will yeah, we, we get you know, we, we'll have a house with many mansions and then and if, we'll talk about the new heaven and new earth. But, you know, and I know just, just, just stay listening to God's commandments and you'll be right with the yeah. Savior where you should be. And bef sheep. before I close out, if you want to know, uh, where's the church then? So it says that some are casted out when he comes to judge us, mm. gathering, resurrection, sorting, judging. Some are t accepted into Israel and some are not allowed to go. This is believers. This is believers. Some believers are allowed to stay in Israel and some are not. And if you want to know, well, then where's the church during the tribulation? You said we're not in heaven. Read Revelations 12, 3 through 17. It specifically tells where we're going to be, the de that the devil tries to destroy the church, but that the earth protects it. So read Revelations 12, 13 through 17, and it specifically tells where we are during this tribulation period, because mm -hmm. I know that's going to be a question for a lot of you. So I'll just mm -hmm. throw that verse out, and I'll try to leave uh, 
all the verses as I usually do in the comments below so that you guys can read this for yourself. But it's yeah. time to rethink the rapture and yeah. get ready for judgment and live right. He ain't coming back to play with you. He ain't coming back to give you a harp and a cloud nine. No. He's coming back to say, no. what did you do? Are you down for me or not? Right. Are you yeah. down for me or not? Yeah. And that's why he's coming back. So uh, that's all I got. We should say a prayer because this is, we should just say a little, just put something out there as a prayer. Forgive me. Help me. <laughs> Forgive us, Lord. That's Help all. us. Thank you for the word. And remember what? Didn't it say in the end it'll be more? The knowledge will increase or something. Knowledge Whatever. will increase as time goes. I, yeah, I don't even care. Let's just focus on what the commandments of God and what we're supposed to do. <laughs> focus on what you're supposed to do because He's coming back to judge you. It says you're passing over a rod, and I don't want to be on the wrath end of that rod. You know what I'm saying? So uh, the only parable that comes to my mind is when Yeshua talked about. The Pharisee was praying in the church, and he said, Thank you, Lord, that I'm so great. And then Ooh, a tax wow. collector came in, and he said it beat his breast and said, Forgive me, I'm mm -hmm. a sinner. And that verse is in my mind all the time. Mm -hmm. So when I see Yeshua face to face, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to say, Thank you, Lord, you reign forever. I'm going to drop to my knees and beat my breast and say, I am a sinner. Yeah. Forgive me. It's not because going to be a good day. It, I know that I don't do what I'm supposed to. I know that I don't yeah. live the righteous life that I'm supposed to. Well, yeah, we thank you guys for listening. Again, this is the Art of Being, the podcast with the fabulous Millie T and me, Jason Trader. And we uh, also have an Art of Being reaction page. You can check it out on YouTube, Art of Being Reacts, all one word. You can it's check us out on... <laughs> yeah, we're, we're a little slow on it, but we'll get to it. You can find us on Facebook at The Art Being. We're on Twitter at The Real Art of Being. And if you'd like to email us, we're theartofbeing at gmail.com, except in the word being, there's a three where the E should be. So it's being with a three, theartofbeing at gmail.com. We're also on patreon.com slash theartofbeing. And guys, sometimes these podcasts come out a little slow, and that's because we got jobs, we got lives, and we're sorry that we don't get it out. But the more you give and donate to our ministry through Patreon, uh, the more we can get to uh, making these better quality and helping you guys and, and being more free uh, to preach, which is what we want to do. Yeah, uh, so we want to set you. the record straight. We thank you for listening. Thank uh, you. I absolutely love when I get likes and comments and shares. Uh, it just makes my day. So I want to thank you all for the outrageous support that we've received over this past a uh, few months that we've been doing a podcast. We thank you guys for coming by and we'll see you later. Yes. Have a wonderful day, night, weekend, or holiday. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.